I'm glad to be here. Um, I owe you all an, a, a huge apology. On the way down, the, my nephew JB is with me, and we went. We've been hunting all weekend, and he killed his first deer yesterday. And we're going to try to get number two this afternoon. Um, by the way, it was a fantastic shot. Uh, she did not like it but um so on the way down it's like yeah i love to be early early is on time i wrote down i was supposed to be here at 10 30. so i programmed my life to be here at 10 30 and not 10 o'clock so i'm so sorry about that um and i'm privileged to be here because this what, what year was this building built Okay, because I know that, so I went to RTS in Jackson, and Dr. Baird, Jim was probably how he was known here, but Dr. Baird was pastor at First Presbyterian, and um, I know his career involved a great pastorate here, and he spoke kindly and highly of it, but I, I was ordained in Southeast Alabama in 1996, but I've never been in this building, so it's, I feel like I'm, uh, I feel like I'm in Dr. Baird's shadow a little bit, which is an honor, and uh, I, I dearly respected him and, and learned from him uh, but I'm pleased to be here thank you uh, I do live in Montgomery uh, my wife JB's aunt and I live in Montgomery uh, she's a physician and I am a chaplain for Baptist Health uh, second career kind of thing in ministry and I'm also a chaplain in the military so when Baxter prayed for the military I really appreciate that uh, because we need our prayers um, so I I like, I like to wear different hats, and I'm glad to be here and thankful for the opportunity. And uh, as we look at the scriptures, we're going to be looking at Psalm 23. And if you will, please give your attention to God's word. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for the opportunity to be in worship together, to open your word and hear from you. Uh, may your spirit do greater than your speaker. And please uh, help us to be faithful to your word and to seek you with joy and expectation. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. So, um, have you ever misunderstood the words to a song? And you took and you're singing along to it with the wrong words, and everybody else thinks you're really not with it. Um, in the 70s, the Steve Miller band had a song called Jet Airliner. I thought the words were big old Jed had the light on. And I would sing it as big old Jed had the light on. And people looked at me like I needed help. And I just, and I was a grown man when I was, oh, that's not the name of the song. And uh, it took a while to learn. And, and there's other, the, um, 
Well, one of the funniest stories was, uh, I don't know if it's true or not, but a child, parents pick up after Sunday school, what'd you learn about today? We learned about the bear. What bear? Gladly. Who's gladly? Well, gladly's the cross-eyed bear. <laughs> the song, gladly the cross I would bear, the child <laughs> thought it was gladly the cross-eyed bear. And I don't know if that's true or not. My mother told me that story. Maybe I said it. I don't know. I, mis I misunderstood words a lot. Um, but the Lord's Prayer, uh, the Psalm 23, I did not like this psalm as a youngster. We already know I had problems with words. I had problems with punctuation. Uh, I didn't know there was a semicolon in there. So I would only hear this psalm at funerals, and I would hear it as, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. In my ears, it sounded like, the Lord's my shepherd, I don't want him. I didn't know you had to pause there. Again, I had to grow up and learn some grammar. And uh, I had a very good teacher at Greenville High School, and she taught me that. Uh, semicolons mean pause, almost like a period. And uh, so it's, the Lord is my shepherd, and really there ought to be a therefore in there. Because he's my shepherd, I lack nothing, and I shall not want. It took me a long time to learn that. Um, and uh, so, you know, getting, and so I, as I've grown and aged, this psalm means more to me because I've learned to understand it better. And I had a mentor uh, a few years back in, in my civilian chaplain training, and he said, he, he, his, his, his emphasis on us as clinical chaplains was, you need to be authentic and real. People see through fake quickly. And he said, especially in a, in a prison or a hospital or situation like that, he said, but they're gonna see through fake. And he, his way of saying it was, he said, there's a difference in being able to recite the, the 23rd Psalm and knowing the shepherd it's about. He said, you need to know the shepherd. And he, that was his emphasis. And, and as I've studied the Psalm, that's really how I, it awakens that way about the psalm. So what I want to look at is kind of a couple of points here. There's a shift in pronouns from verse 3 to verse 4. And it goes from David says he, he talks about God in the as he, and then he talks about him as you from verses 4 through the end. So he's there's a way of talking about God, and then there's he shifts to talking with God, and then what about what are the practical implications of that? Um, where, how does that make a difference? That it's more than something we hear at a funeral. So, um, years ago, um, I, I know that the copy of the book I, I read was published in 1976. It may be older than that. A guy named Philip Keller, he was from South Africa, and he ended up being a botanist and biologist in Canada. Uh, he wrote a book called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. Um, it's probably in the library here. It's, some of you may have it at home. It's a, I, I'd seen the book for years, but I never read it. And I decided, you know what, I'm going to read it. And, and it was very interesting in how he took everything he knew about raising sheep and then looked at how Psalm 23 talks about that 
And so I'm going to have a little bit of that mixed in with us too. So in, in um, as we talked about verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When we know the Lord as our shepherd, we know we lack nothing. We know that there's no need to worry. But you've got to, that's, an, that's a relationship model. That's not a knowledge model where you know who you are with. Who do you walk with? Um, a, another way of saying is the Lord is my host. He's, he's, he's taking me in. He's taking care of me. He's providing for me like a good host would. It's a relationship language. And um, I know we're in rural Alabama. I grew up in Wilcox County. That's um, where we're hunting. And it's rural. And if you drive by a farm and you see some poor-looking cows and horses, what are you going to think about the farmer that owns them? So this psalm and David talks about God he's talking about how great God is because he's a well taken care of sheep and I mean all my life growing up we'd drive drive back and forth to town my dad would comment on oh, his cows look poor I wouldn't buy one of them I wouldn't want to eat in that house if his cows look that bad that those kind of comments fences run down you're not taking care of what you got um but when they're fat and slick and fences look good, you want to buy one of those. Because uh, that man's taking pride in what he's got. And there's an emphasis here, and we'll get to that in, um, in, in verse 3. But verse 1, the Lord is a good host. And only someone who can speak with in, an intimate knowledge of that knows that. When David was a shepherd, he spent time with the Lord in the humdrum, boring, day-to-day parts of life. That's where life develops. We don't develop life in the exciting times. The exciting times prove what we've learned in the boring times. Um, If you're a fan of football, you know that six days of practice produce the excitement. The practice isn't the fun part. Saturdays are great, unless you're Florida State last night. (laughs) We saw that coming. Uh, that, that aside, that was hideous uh, for them. But um, it, it's the humdrum, the daily activities. David taking care of his, his sheep, but he was praying. He was walking with the Lord. He's writing psalms. Uh, and, you know, when you're doing just boring work, what are your thoughts about God? And David says his thoughts are, well, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He takes me to great places of provision and good supply. He doesn't take me to wore out pastures with just sand. He takes me to green pastures uh, that are going to be well supplied. And uh, if, if, you know, knowing about wildlife and hunting and, 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 and taking care of your cattle and everything, that green grass tastes better. It feeds them better. It's got more nourishment in it. It's got water in it for dry times. It's just better for them. Uh, he, it's, it's, uh, it's also, he leaves me beside still waters. And Philip Keller points out in his book, sheep are easily irritated and uh, scared. And he said, a good shepherd is not going to take them by a raging river because that would frighten them. Because it, it's, it's too frightening for them to get what they need. They need water, but good, calm water would be safe. 
There, you, you, you can get your, the water you need, and it's, a good, a, it's good provision, but it's a peaceful, safe place. Um, and, and, and so David says, that's the way the Lord provides for us. He takes us to where, we, to where it's safe and peaceful and nourishing. Now, we may not feel that way. We might feel like we're in, in Mark 4 in the boat with Jesus that's about to flip over, but God controls the storm. And in God's economy, that's still water. I love, uh, I've been reading through um, Job recently, and, and, and now I'm in the Proverbs, and, and there's a lot of things repeated, because I think Solomon learned. Um, but it, I think it's in Job 38. When God comes to Job, it's, it's late, it's late. After Job's had all his trials and travails and his bad friends and Job starts complaining and, and whining and he was listening to bad counseling and he produced bad results and so he starts getting on the pity party and God finally comes to him and he says stand up let's talk talk to me like a man uh, that, that's frightening uh, to think that God would you'd have to stand I just think you know when my dad would tell me you stand up and talk to me like a man well, think of God had to tell you that. And, and then the Lord says to Job, where were you when I told the mountains how high they can grow and how far the waters can go? All that's in his control. So the raging storm, because God holds it, because it's, I mean, it takes a, a shift in our brains, but we go through the raging storm and it hurts and it's painful and it's difficult, but God holds it. And he's a good shepherd and he's, you know, we get to verse, verse 3, I get, I'm going to skip. He leads me in paths of righteousness, his namesake. I mean, verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And, and as a hospital, I'm mainly at the cancer center in Montgomery, and, but I'm in the hospitals and all that stuff too. And my thought is, right now is the valley of shadow of death for these people. Now, we got to walk through it. We don't stay in it and linger and wallow in it. And that's what David says here, and God says, you're going to walk through it. You're not going to linger in it. You're not going to wallow in it. You're not going to lay down and give up in it. You're going to get through it. And because he's a good shepherd, it's the good shepherd that guides us through it. Uh, he restores, back to verse 2, he restores my soul when we're hurting when we're painful, when we're downcast, he picks us up. Um, I forget the psalm reference, but it's, I think it's 46, maybe, four, whatever. Um, it says, why are you downcast, O my soul? And Philip Keller takes a, a point to look at that, and he talks about when a sheep has fallen or broken its leg, or, or this one cracked me up. So when sheep eat too much, and they get out in the sun, the gases in their stomach expand, and it makes them wider than they are, need to be, so they can lay down in the grass and they can't get up because their stomachs are swollen. That, after Christmas lunch, you might feel that way. <laughs> but a sheep lives that way. And he said, he said, sure enough, you can look in the sky and see buzzards circling. You, he said, you've either got a dead sheep or one that's lame or one that's just bloated. And he said, you better get out there. And he said, a good shepherd, and you, he said, you have to restore that sheep to, uh, to live. And, 
And, and when we're bloated and downcast and hurt and lame, God restores us. One of the things that when I first started working at the cancer center, one, one lady told me this, and then not long after somebody else told me this, she said, I didn't know how good God was to me until I got cancer. I was like, what are you talking about? And they were talking about walking through the valley of the shadow of death, being restored, being healed, maybe not perfectly physically, but their soul was strengthened and restored because God never gave up on them. He was the good shepherd. He led them in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Another encouragement, whatever path God's got us on, it's a path for righteousness. And it's for his name's sake. Like the, the farmer that doesn't want people to drive by his farm and think he's a bad farmer, he wants a good reputation. God wants a good reputation with us because his best advertisement is us. And his name is on the line, and he's going to lead us in paths of righteousness, uh, and, and our experiences will prove he's been doing that. And that's what David talks about, his experiences. Uh, so the shift here, in verse 3, he, he says, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Verse 4, we shift. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me. Now he's talking to God, with God. And there's the shift there. That David knows God personally. It's, it's, and he's not just speaking of a, of a thought or uh, a concept. He's talking about a real being who knows his people, loves his people, and is intimate with his people. I, because you are with me. Um, and, and so um, that's the greatest testimony for any of us. Where are we and how do we talk about God should be, ref, should be reflecting of the relationship we have with God. Um, one of my favorite verses is John 16, 33. Also read at a lot of funerals. Uh, but it's just when you put some miles on, in this world you will have trouble. But the King James says it best. But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And we will have trouble. Uh, the older we get, the closer we get to more experiences of trouble. Um, you know, friends and family get sick and die. Problems, crises. Uh, you know, one of the things in, 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 in the hospital side of, of ministry is... You know, accidents happen. Bad things happen. And in Montgomery, it's usually a lot of the ugly things we see are related to crime. And, but everybody, I, I've had one experience where the family didn't flip out because their loved one died unexpectedly. Because nobody starts off raising their child thinking, I hope he grows up to get shot in a drive-by. Nobody thinks that. And so it's a shock. It's horrible. It's, it's, it's an it's a evil, deathly, ugly thing. And it comes. And um, God's with us in that. And, and that might be their valley of a shadow of death moment. And they didn't expect it. And it, it, it I think verse 4 is that valley of the shadow of death is kind of unexpected. 
Um, I've been in, the, in some tall mountains before, and when the sun starts setting, those valleys get cold. And it gets dark. But if you get to a plain or you get up on, the, on a ridge top, you go, there's plenty of daylight. But down there, there's not. And that can be very foreboding and difficult. So it's a great image there in verse 4. The valley of the shadow of death is, can be dark and, 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 and scary. But David says, even in the dark and scary, I'm not going to fear evil. Because the one who is in me is greater than the one who's the, the, that is in the world. And though there will be trouble in this world, I can be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Because he is with me. He's not just telling me, go on now, get He's with me. He's, he's a good shepherd. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. Those are interesting, and I learned this from the Philip Keller book. Rod would be a weapon, and staff would be a, a guidance, instruction. Because the shepherd needs to protect his flock. Uh, and God's going to protect his flock. Uh, do you all know Gary Spooner from Auburn? Uh, he's a pastor and counselor in Auburn, PCA guy. He'd been there for a long time. He and I, years ago, years ago, we were going over to Eufaula to meet with the group that was starting a new church there. And we were coming back from Eufaula. To, I was taking him back to Auburn. I was living in Montgomery. And we went through a blinking yellow light. And, you know, there's really not any good roads between Eufaula and Auburn. It's, it's pretty country. We're going through a blinking yellow light at 10 at night. This had a blinking red light. And we were going 60. And the car coming over that hill at the blinking red light was going way fast. And I'm convinced that car missed us by inches. And I saw Gary at Presbytery about three weeks ago, and he said, you remember that night in Midway? I said, I'll never forget it. The Lord protected us. I mean, by millimeters. It was scary. I, 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 it was like one of those movies where you, the driver in a bad scene, you, you know, turns to a skeleton that's screaming. That's how I felt. And just, ah! And, uh, and we got through it, and we didn't speak for like another half hour. It was just shocking. But the Lord protected us. He was, his rod was protecting us. His staff was guiding us. And that gr brought great comfort. Uh, so, and then in verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I always thought that was kind of mean. You know, God's going to feed me and make my enemies watch. That's kind of mean. Uh, the, the shepherd language here that Keller points out, and David would have been living, is you go to a high table land if there's a threatening environment. And a sh good shepherd's going to go prepare fields while the sheep are grazing here. He's preparing the field to go to next month and the one to go to next month because you got to recycle it so that it's not just dirt you've got to leave this go there you know a cattle operation is going to do the same thing you'll graze here for a month go graze there for a month and he said you'll you'll have some high table land if you're out doing sheep farming so that you can get away from the predators so that the shepherd can watch the predators as they try to approach because sheep are very vulnerable and he's, so, so God's going to prepare a table for us, not necessarily a table to sit at, but a, a place that's safe and out of reach from the enemies. He anoints our head with oil. He, um, that's healing and prevention. Um, you know, 
with sheep back then, you would rub a type of oil in their ears and noses to keep the parasites out so they wouldn't get sick and die and spread disease. We, we treat cattle similarly now. Um, when guests arrived through those desert lands in Jesus' day, what did they do? They washed their feet and anointed them with oil. It was a welcome, it's, it's a peace, it's restoration, it's uh, healing. That's how God takes care of us. Uh, and I, my, my, my focus here is, I know we're PCA people, but it's easy to think that God's distant, that he's not close, that he's not informed, that he doesn't care. And he might be watching from a distance the way we feel. We might feel like Job, but he's never at a distance. He's involved. He just might be quiet, but he's there. He's our good shepherd. Uh, and and then my cup overflows. Um, my father-in-law loved to say, be careful when you compare yourself to somebody because you'll always have more than somebody and less than somebody. He said, be content with what you got. And my favorite verse is Hebrews 13, 5. Be free from the love of money and be content with what you have. And when you're content with the cup you've got, that's fine. And it'll always be full the way God provides. Problem is, we want what their cups look like. And we, not, we might not be able to handle those cups. But we need to be content with the cups we've got. And they will always be, uh, be provided for quite well. Um, years ago, I was on a trip. where I was pastoring in Panama City when I was headed to Atlanta for a meeting. And I was going through Eufaula. I hadn't been through Eufaula since I played football in high school. I mean, I, and that's on a bus, and you don't, you're just asleep till you get to the stadium. And all these beautiful homes. And I thought, oh, that's real pretty. And uh, Dr. Richard Watson was riding with me, and he's a PCA founder. And I, said, oh, I commented on how beautiful these homes were. He said, be careful. Behind those beautiful doors might be a lot of misery. What's your cup? Be content with your cup. Uh, I'm happy with the cup I got, uh, but not always because what do we do? Oh, I need a new truck. I need a new car. I need new clothes. My cup, sometimes I got to go remember who gave it to me and how's he providing. And that contentment sets in, we get the result of peace and contentment in our soul. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The, we, we, as we grow in the understanding of God's presence and his care, that peace and that, that contentment, it, it's, it's, uh, everything's settled, more settled in life. When you have that, um, and, and even when the storms come, we can get through it because God is with me. And, and we know that, this is in his hand. This is by his guidance. Um, and he's going to take care of me just like he's going to lead me for his namesake on paths of righteousness. He's going to lead me through the valley of the shadow of death. I will be with him forever because he's made that pledge. He's made that guarantee. And he guaranteed it with his blood as the good shepherd. And then John 10, we have Jesus saying, I am that shepherd. 
And unlike any other sheep that ever gets sacrificed, any other sacrificial system that they uh, was offered in any temple, the priest never offered himself. He had to offer another sheep. And Jesus says, I'm offering myself as the good shepherd. The shepherd's laying down his life for the sheep so that we will dwell with him forever. And when that kind of sacrifice, of course goodness and mercy are going to be ours. Of course. Um, Steve Brown was preaching through Job a long time ago because it was on a cassette tape. And, uh, and some people in here don't know what a cassette is. Uh, they produced some great sounds that I misunderstood the lyrics to. Uh, but he was preaching through Job, and he said, in the way Steve Brown would say it, he said, don't forget when the devil comes at you, he's on a leash. But that chain that he's hooked to is held by the hand of God. And nothing that comes into your life can come without the permission of those nail-scarred hands. And David, that's, the, that's a summary here. And you amen it, we're going to pray. <laughs> Lord, thank you for your love and care and that you are the good shepherd that you guide us perfectly and uh, please forgive us for our lack of contentment restore in us restore our souls restore our joy and 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 may we have peace and rejoice daily as we talk about you and talk with you and it's in jesus name i pray amen